Welcome to the Truth That Matters podcast with In His Steps Ministries Executive Director Jasper Bacon and co-host David Hudson. Wherever you're listening from, we're so glad that you're joining us. In His Steps Ministries is a Christian nonprofit organization serving Madison County and surrounding communities in central Mississippi. We encourage you to check out our online platform, InHisSteps.org, where you can learn more about who we are and what we're called to do. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Truth That Matters podcast. I am one of your hosts, David Hudson, and I got my good buddy, Jasper Bacon, we're here with me, and this is our first official episode. We whet your appetite with our introduction last week. We want to thank you all for the positive response from that. Jasper, we're this much closer to making you worldwide famous. It's good to be back, David, and I'm just excited to be here. Just think in a month, you're not going to be able to walk down the street. People are going to want your autograph and take a picture with you. Well, I hope not, David. Hey, in some circles, though, you're already the big fish in the little pond. Well, David, uh, I, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a really good time on the introduction. Uh, I think we laid out a little bit about you, about the ministry, a tad bit about me, kind of what we want to do going forward. And uh, as we mentioned last time, this is a production of In His Steps Ministries. If you want to find out more information, you can go to InHisSteps.org, or you can go to Twitter at InHisStepsMS, and you can find us on Facebook, Type in In His Steps Ministries, Canton, Mississippi, and on Instagram, In His Steps MS. And we would like to thank uh, Sophie. She handles all of our social media and does a bang-up job, doesn't she? She really does. We're happy to have Sophie. Because if you don't know Jasper, getting him on social media, that's, uh, that, that's, not his, that's not his spiritual blessing, as my wife would say. Well, David, I, I, I would agree uh, to some degree. But uh, I'm learning that we have to use what's available in order to uh, reach uh, the people. Now, we're not, I'm not going to see you on TikTok anytime soon, am I? Like making a pizza or something? Probably not. Do your grandchildren use TikTok? I'm sure they do. Uh, have they ever, have they ever, what do they call you? Papa, Grandpa? No, they Big call Daddy? me G-Daddy. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to call you from here on out. G-Daddy in the house. Um, yeah, TikTok, I don't understand it. I've tried to figure it out. I can't for the life of me. Uh, I'm a Twitter and Instagram guy. But uh, TikTok is advanced studies for me, and I'm an old man. But uh, anyway, let's get on to something a little more serious. Uh, the title of this podcast, obviously, is Truth That Matters. And so each week, we're going to talk about different truths that matter. It's going to be a truth in advertising, as you could say. No pun intended there on mm -hmm. that one, Jasper. Uh, last week, we left you with a little bit of a teaser. We talked about Jasper, and I'm using air quotes here, accidentally walking in to the wrong Sunday school room. And this ministry flourished because of that. So Jasper grew up in Madison County, Mississippi, which is 15, 20 minutes north of Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital. And in 1979, a young black man from Madison County, Mississippi, walks into a church in Wheaton, Illinois, of elderly men that were predominantly white. I've set the stage, Jasper. What happened? Well, David, you got to understand that uh, God has a, a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Uh, I believe that he's the one and the only one 
who connects the dots, okay? So here I am, a, a, a young boy, young African-American man from uh, Canton, Mississippi, uh, from Canton, Mississippi to uh, a little school in Alabama, and then uh, was led and to go to uh, Wheaton, Illinois, to Wheaton College. Uh, but going there, I, I did. I, I wasn't familiar with age-appropriate Sunday school classes, so I, I just wandered into a Sunday school class. And this Sunday school class, it was for 50-year-old uh, folks and older, and as you said... It so was, if you were there now, you'd be going there? Now I would be going there. But then you're talking about an 18-year-old young man, and I wandered in, and uh, it was a wonderful thing in that uh, one family in particular took an interest in me. And that family took an interest in me, and they tracked me once I graduated and returned back to Mississippi. They tracked me in that they prayed for me. They said, from 1979 to 2005. And the amazing thing, which in my estimation is a modern day miracle, uh, in 2005, I got a call from this man I met in 1979. And he said two things to me that just blew me away. First of all, he said, Reverend Bacon, my wife and I have been praying for you all these years. We have prayed every day for you from 1979 up until 2005. I was blown away to know that someone cared enough to pray for me, someone that I accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally met in 1979. But secondly, he said, Reverend Bacon, my wife and I, we want to do something for your ministry. And, and at that point, I'm on the tip of my seat, David. I'm wondering, what is this man going to say? You know, after all these years, and he said, we want to buy you some land. And long, let's, let's shorten the story. He gave, in his steps, ministries, $150,000. And what year was this? This was in 2005. I met him in 1979. So really, in today's terms, probably two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy-five thousand. Probably so. Yes, sir. All right, let's circle back, though, to you walking into that Sunday school room. When you walk in and you see who is in there, are you like, uh-oh, or did you just go and sit down? Well, because I was a part of a, a small church here that understood and believed in racial reconciliation— it was not a problem. And plus, you got to understand now that the Lord led me to a school that was predominantly white, right? And, and of course, that's another subject for another time because uh, it was a culture shock in a lot of ways, right? But God led me there for a reason, to allow me to get the education that I got, the mentorships that I received, but then also to meet folks who in, who've invested in this ministry over the years. I often say it was a modern day miracle, but I, I did not finish telling you that not only did, th did this gentleman, this family give $150,000, he said, we will give you the first $200,000 toward a building. So I began to weep on the phone, David. 
Here's a family that I accidentally met in 1979, calls me later in 2005, and has agreed to give $350,000 to help the ministry to be jump-started. Now, you say accident. That wasn't an accident. Well, David, you know. But that, we have to have a word for it. <laughs> yeah, the word for it is God's his, his sovereignty, mm-hmm. right? We believe as believers, you know, that God, he connects all the dots, right? And he's, he's a top authority, right? And, yeah. So what was the response from the men in this Sunday school class when you walked in? David, I, I must be honest. I don't remember many of the specifics, okay, about that day. All I remember is the fact that I wandered into a class that was not as diverse as I thought it would be. That's one thing. And secondly, it was a class of folks older, right? Mm-hmm. But the teaching was good. Now, let me back up and say in the small Bible church that I was from in Canton, Mississippi, Canton Bible Baptist Church, we didn't have age-appropriate Sunday school class because it was a church start, right? Yeah. And so there were times when older folks and teenagers met in the same room, right, right, for Bible study. So, yeah, it wasn't that much of a shock. The teaching is what I really was after, okay? And so do you continue to go to that Sunday school class, or is this a one-off? No, sir. Um, I will say that over the years, over the last 40 years or so, I return, and some of the Older folks that I met have gone on to glory. They've passed on. But I'm in that area each year, having one uh, a visionary fundraising breakfast. And so I see some of the older heads, but for the most part, you know, the older heads are passed but on. But did you, did you f- get a relationship with them while you were there? Yes, sir. So the whole time you're in school, you're, you're, you're at least friendly with these Yes, people. sir. And so you move back down here. And then eventually you start in his steps. Do you meet, do you go back and see them on like a fundraising mission or does somebody tell them what you're doing? Well, there are several modes of communication and and there has been several modes of uh, communication. For instance, we, we, we email um, uh, monthly. No, I mean, when you left Wheaton and you started this ministry, how did you get back in touch with the men in that Sunday school class initially? So you started the ministry in what, like 95? 1994. 1994. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my math's not that great. So you start the ministry. How do they find out that you have this ministry, and how do you begin to essentially rekindle the relationship with those people? Yes, sir. Well, you must understand, uh, the calling on my life was to go from Kent, Mississippi to Wheaton College and return home to Canton, Mississippi after getting my education. So when I decided or when I knew it was time for me to return back home from Wheaton College, a small group of men and women, families, decided to pray for me, decided to support me financially, to be a youth pastor in in the church that I left from. I, I left that church at, at, at one point because the Lord called me out of that to start in his steps ministry. So the folks that I met in 79, they they heard my story about the fact that I had been led to come to get my education and then return. And when I returned, 
they invested in the ministry that I was doing at that time. So it wasn't as if there was a gap there and I hadn't heard from them uh, in 26 years or so. It was the fact that they, when I returned to Mississippi, they tracked me and they prayed for me each day and they supported financially somewhat. And then in 2005, this man that I accidentally met gave $350,000. And one of the things that's interesting about this ministry and and just kind of how God has had his hands on this is being on the board, I'm privy to a little more information uh, than, you know, most people that, that support the ministry. You have children of parents, of, you have children whose parents were in that class support this ministry, and we even starting to see grandchildren. Um, that speaks to God has this plan, He plants this seed, and you may think your efforts were in vain and nothing happens, and then 20 years from later, you found out that's not the case. And what I think is interesting about In His Steps is these people have passed down their love for In His Steps. It would be very easily if like my mother or father died and, and, and I found out they're supporting some missionary in Honduras or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you know what? My parents are dead. This, I'm, I'm just not going to support them like that. But they have passed down this love from generation to generation. Yeah. In many cases they have. Uh, David, this is only one story, right? There are a number of modern-day miracles that have taken place. Uh, As a matter of fact, my administrative assistant bookkeeper showed me recently that over the last 30 years or so, that supporters have given almost $3 million for development now. Not not for salaries, but for development. Two and a half, more like a little over two and a half million dollars. And this is God working in the hearts of his people. Yeah, I mean, and the ministry came through COVID better than it did going into it. Uh, It's just a miracle. All right, so we've talked about, I'm going to put it in quotation marks, this accidental meeting that you had with these people. Obviously, God had a plan for this. And there's lessons to be learned from this from a biblical perspective. What what do you think they are? Well, there are several lessons to be learned. One is the fact that God is faithful to his own. He promises to provide, and he always does. A second lesson to be learned is that God works all things out together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Now, it's one thing to read about that in a book or either quote it because we heard someone else quote it. It's a whole different ballgame to live it out and see it happen in real life. And it happened in my life. And and I'm, I'm able to testify that uh, God is able. And maybe someone out there thinking about uh, starting a ministry or starting a business or what have you. Right? I want to say to them, if God call you to do it, he will f- be faithful to the end. And also make you miserable until you do it. Well, I, <laughs> I don't want to be in that position, though, that, David. That's, that's happened to me before. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, you're not? Well, let me, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you there eventually. Yeah, I, I just think it's, a, it's one of the most fascinating stories I've ever heard. Uh, this ministry changes lives. It, it brings people to the kingdom. Uh, it's going to change generations. of. It already has changed generations of people here in Canton. And just to think all the little moving parts, and we'll get to how you wound up at Wheaton College at another at another time, but all these little things that you think were kind of minor in your life get you to Wheaton College. And from that, we do have this. Now, um, also, 
you met a lot of people at Wheaton that were classmates and, and, and played sports and things like that, and they have helped this ministry flourish. Uh, we have people in California from Wheaton College. We have people in like Indiana. We, you know, we draw from all the all these different uh, states because of the connection to Wheaton College. And like you always say, you're the visionary. It's not you. You're just the vessel that God chose to use to make all of this happen. And uh, Wheaton College holds a very special place with this ministry. It continues to help this ministry th- thrive. And, and I just think about like in the Bible, God made all these promises to people. And a lot of times it took a very long time for them to come to fruition. But ultimately they did. And this is just another example of of God having his hand on everything. And you and I have talked many times. There's been issues coming up, come up here in his steps that seem like they made a big, a big deal. And then God comes right behind it and goes, it's not a big deal. I got this taken care of. I can't count on my hands. Just the times I've been on the board. And so I, I just think it's just a great testimony of what God does when he, when he says, this is how it's going to be. You just go with me. I'll make everything else work. Dave, you're exactly right. Um, I see myself as a vessel, as you said, and I often tell people that I take no credit. Oftentimes people will say, ask the question, how did you do it? And my response is, I didn't do it. God did it. Right. And I believe that we're here today in working within in his steps, serving here in his steps because we always give him the glory and all the credit, and he keeps blessing and providing. Right? But you also had to have a willing heart. Exactly. And be open Yes. Open to, to hearing that little, well, I think you probably need to start this ministry. Yes. You know, they got plenty in here. All right, Jasper, as we wrap this up, though, I do want you to uh, maybe give people some thoughts on how they can apply what happened to you into their own life and help them see that there is a plan for their life because we're not all here on accident. There's a purpose to every life. Now, there's a lot of things that I think are hard to go through. There's things to see other people go through, and you think, man, they really have it bad. But when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to see the full story. And God doesn't see today. He doesn't see tomorrow. He sees the whole, He's already seen the whole movie. And so there may be people that are going through tough times right now that think, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? Relate to them how you're, tr- you're trusting God and His faithfulness and your purpose in life, how that can relate to them. David, th- there is a, a scripture and, uh, that I want to share with you. It's uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And uh, it says, those uh, that without faith... It's impossible to please God. Those who come to him must believe that he exists. There's a key. Must believe that he exists. And second key, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? I believe God rewards us, okay? But then also, um, God, with every individual he calls, he doesn't give them the whole picture at once. He gives them bits and pieces. We think of Abraham. We think of Moses. And, and the list goes on And with Paul. And so with me, he gave me a little bit at a time of his will for my life. And one of the first, the the main and the first thing was that of him drawing me to myself and using a friend to get me into a Bible study so I could hear the gospel and receive Jesus. And and that was the defining moment. But then he began to use an older man who led me to the Lord 
to say to me, you need to get a Christian education. And so I had to obey, be obedient to the little bit that he showed me or that he gave me, right? And as I was obedient to, in each phase, each step, right, he gave me more enlightenment, right? Now, I have to wonder if I would have been disobedient, right? Would I be here today? Right? Well, of course, God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants to do, right? So I would encourage anyone listening, obey what God has revealed to you already. Be obedient to that. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next year. Be obedient to what God has shown you thus far, and he will do the rest. Jasper? We officially have our first episode in the books, and uh, this is the first of many. Uh, I am—I feel really good about this. Uh, we've gotten good feedback on the people that have listened to the introduction episode. Uh, our rapport is going to just grow. Podcast is going to get better and better. At some point, we're going to introduce guests, and uh, we're going to get into some much meatier topics, things like racial reconciliation, uh, how to apply the Bible to real-world problems. Um, uh, it's an ugly world we live in right now, and there are definitely biblical biblical ways of thinking that could help solve some of the problems we have. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. I'm having a ball, David. So I do want to tell you, In His Steps Ministries at InHisStepsMinistries.org, Twitter, In His Steps MS, Instagram, In His Steps MS, and you can find us on Facebook. I do want to tell you, if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it on social media. Tell people in your church. Tell people in your Sunday school class. Uh, subscribe to us. That way, every time we upload an episode, boom, you get a notification on your phone. You can listen to us going to work. Listen to us when you go for a jog. Listen to us when you don't want to hear your significant other talk. <laughs> Just whenever you can. But please spread the word. And if you can, on Apple uh, Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and, and, and leave us a, a five-star rating and leave us a review. That will greatly help uh, expand the podcast because... Enough of you do that. Podcast pulls from the other podcast that you listen to. And so it may say, if you listen to such and such podcast, which will be a much bigger podcast, you may enjoy truth that matters. And that's what we want to happen. And we want to tell everybody about this truth and why it matters to us and it can matter to them. So thank you all very much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.